So you've always had a job, obviously. Yeah, since I was 14. Okay. I have. I was 14 working with my uncle's pest control company in the summers in Austin, which sucked only because they made me do the worst stuff. Like I would go into the pier and beam homes and pick out the dead rats and raccoons or whatever, and they laughed, they thought it was hilarious. This is Tommy Gregory, an artist living in Houston, and probably like everyone listening, he's had his share of good and bad jobs. When I was at U of H, I worked not only in human resources at Powell, I worked at Dark Tan. I worked as a tanning salon guy. It was decent pay at the time, I could pay my rent. For a single guy, it was kind of fun, because you get to meet, a, you know. A lot of tan girls. Yeah, in hindsight, you're like, guys. <laughs> you knew there was no relationships coming out of that job because anybody who's dropping like $80 a month to have a tan in Texas, the priorities are a little mixed up. I worked as the shop tech mm -hmm. in the carpentry department, which is, you know, fun. It's fine. I was uh, the head preparator at Blue Star. I kind of moonlighted as a bartender at Latuna. In Austin, I also did like snow cone guy. I would like I worked with a snow cone vendor. I did art installation. I did re home remodeling in the Heights with Brian Owens. Oh, I worked, you know, I definitely did retail. Old Navy, Abercrombie, <laughs> anything that was no. cool. And, oh God, yeah, it was terrible. You know, I can't believe I did that. Some odd ones that he didn't mention are furniture mover, manager at Sweet Mesquite, and a short spot on Bar Rescue, which is a reality bartending show on Spike TV. After getting his MFA from UT San Antonio, he landed a job at the city as their public arts specialist. He then moved to Houston to be the project manager for public art at the Houston Arts Alliance. And currently, he's the public art program curator and interim director at the Houston Airport Systems. Throughout all of these jobs, he has kept up his career as an artist and also curated dozens of exhibitions across the state. And this is not a hobby. Who were some of the role models like when you thought like I'm gonna be an artist? What did that mean to you? Well, role models tough because like it's like thinking about being an artist and having role models. It was always just so close because I never looked at art as a job. Like you know, it was like something that maybe just happened. It seems so. It didn't seem like going to Hollywood to be an actor, like going to New York to be an artist. I never thought of that. And I didn't think that you needed to do that to be an artist. Also because the people, I guess here it is, the, the answer to that would be the role model. Like Luis was very much a role model. Luis Jimenez and I um, got really close even to where he, in the sp spring break time, I went and worked with him. In the summertime, I went and worked with him in Hondo on the Mustang piece. Over the years, Tommy has been lucky to work with sculptors like Luis Jimenez, Paul Kittleson, and Ed Wilson. It's through these unique experiences that he started to learn the ins and outs of public art and the impact a sculpture can have once placed in the public realm. I didn't think that that was even a realistic thing for me. Um, I wanted it. I was, you know, I was in very much excited at the fact of people seeing your work who don't have to go into a museum or a gallery, right? Because I wasn't exposed to that. My, my dad being a, you know, an Irish accountant from UT, um, and my mom 
self-taught artist and then um, hairdresser and educator. She was an elementary school uh, resources teacher. We didn't frequent the museums, you know, but I do remember her taking me to the Manil, you know, late or early 90s. So, like, that was getting my feel for what a museum was. But anyway, it was few and far between. But public art was something, whether I was looking at it, meant to look at it or not, I saw it. That was where maybe being good ADD kid in a car doing road trips throughout Texas, I was aware of those those little pops because they didn't exist a lot when I was a kid. Getting into grad school with Ken Little was where I was like, you know what, the thing that sets me apart with the rest of people in graduate school is my experience in public art because nobody else had ever done it. You know, not to any right. degree that I had. And Ken, having some experience, was like, well, get ready for a bunch of shit because <laughs> it's not fun and, and it takes a toll. Mm-hmm. But the budgets are real. Do you consider yourself a public artist? Well, you know, some it, people probably don't remember this because it was during the Buffalo Bayou days, but my first big piece, is like a 15-foot-tall steel sculpture, was a, a tornado on Buffalo Bayou during Buffalo Bayou Art Park days, and it was up, and it survived... Hurricane Alicia or Allison, we can't remember which one it was. You know, the water levels rose so high and pulled yeah. all that sculpture in Buffalo Bayou into the bayou and just washed it away. Mine, along with, I think, uh, the alligator that was made out of tires, we survived. Anyway, that was a public art piece that people may, may not remember that I did. It was 2003 to 2005, it was there. And then uh, in San Antonio, I have a public art installation, a permanent one at Rackspace. But um, yeah, you're right. My studio practice doesn't, you wouldn't say, oh, this guy's going to be a public artist. Yeah. Well, the topics are very, um, might be a little bit tough. Religion and sex. Yeah. So you manage three airports. What's the third airport? Because there's IAH. Bushner Continental, yeah. IAH. um, Hobby. Hobby, William P. Hobby, and Ellington Field. Oh. Which is soon to be a spaceport, whatever that means. Spaceport? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, having commercial flights to space. Wow. So when I got hired, that was something, of course, I did my research, and in an interview I mentioned that. I was like, you know, people are looking at what they're going to put in their terminals. We could be thinking about the spaceport and having the first public art in space. (laughs) And uh, they laughed at that, but I was like, that's why not, you know? Let's shoot for the moon and then bring us down somewhere in between. What do you actually do? Like, what's your, your day job? Like, what... What does it mean to be the interim it's, director? It's so funny because people in the... Okay, so friends who... I'll try to answer that, but I'll start it with my little take. Is it like friends who aren't in the arts, you know, friend, friends of mine who are in finance or real estate are like, oh, it's so interesting when you hear about your job. And it is. But if you, if, you, if I'm telling artists about it, artist friends that will come out of grad school or I'm in the Houston art community with, they're like, whoa, that's grueling. It sounds terrible. <laughs> because it's, you know, to... To somebody who doesn't deal with art, it's an art job. To somebody who deals with art, it's a bureaucratic job. It's a, you know, it's an administrative job. As the public art program interim director, which, what I am now, I get to oversee the collection. It's not just commissions. So people ask, like, well, you know, what's your day-to-day? Day-to-day is making sure that um, the Bavoli is installed, reinstalled when it had to come down from a construction project. So you have to remove this $500,000 piece, which is 76 feet long, and then put it in storage. It's in storage for two years. And you make sure that these projects get back and see the light of day. You can't, we don't want to leave assets to the city of Houston that were purchased through the um, using capital improvement money 
we don't want to keep it in storage. We want the public to see them like they should. So the Bavoli getting back up is one. But here's the thing. You get a piece of that scale back up, you have to keep it clean. Because the airport, believe it or not, is one of the dustiest places in the world. Huh. I wouldn't think. I mean, you just have thousands of people coming in and out and air blowing up. And right. people's skin cells and taking off their fleeces and stuff just floats. And it traps in places like art. Huh. And uh, although it, the responsibility of maintenance is the owner, meaning either Hobby, Bush, or Ellington. It's The airports are spread thin, just like the cities as we're spread thin because of pension issues or whatever it may be, and uh, we have to try to share those duties. So mm. there's pictures that aren't public, but there are pictures of me on scissor lifts cleaning Christian Eckhart's cloud room field, cleaning Bavoli. It's not sexy. It's not romantic. I think it's really funny when I hear people that like want to take my job. I'm like, Go for it. It's not, you are not going to do what you think you're signing up to do. It's, it's, it's a lot of hands-on stuff. And most people probably wouldn't do that. I do it because I'm an artist and I enjoy it. What's the weirdest thing that you've had to clean, like clean off of, of a sculpture? Oh man, I, that's so weird. Well, because the weirdest thing I've had to clean off a piece, I don't know what it was. It could have been like some goop that fell from Mars and somehow found its way because it was just like, it smelled like um, sun tanning lotion, but it was in the winter. <laughs> and was, but then again, people are traveling to the beaches, and who knows? That's, I mean, the, the airport is a living, breathing entity. It's a city unto itself. It's like an island. I mean, with everything that you do, so you curate, you're an artist, you yeah. have your day job. I mean, how do you balance all those three interests? That's a great question, because I, I don't have an answer for it. Um, the the balance is intuitive you know like it depends on what's which way the wind's blowing and where i'm going to focus more of that energy you i have an artist friend of mine who would sleep like three hours a night and he it's because he's super he was a, he's a dedicated um professor he teaches at texas lutheran university but he's also a dedicated maker so even if he's not making art he's in his studio because he's like i pay rent for this place i'm gonna use it um me i don't have that luxury only because we had to i have to move but me and the family moved to humble to be near where i base work wise yeah at bush intercontinental and at the same time because of the real estate in the city it was a place where we could afford to move the little kiddo and have her own room on top of everything, I mean, you are also a father. Yeah, and, I forgot and a husband. about that. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> I don't forget. I just know that I, it's it's within that balance. Yes. Yeah, being a father, a husband, a son, because I also try to be a good son and uh, a good friend. I mean, is you know you got to mix in happy hours. You got to mix in uh, you know daughter daddy outings. Like we go to the. She loves the Manil, and most of the time we're playing outside of it. Stress is just, it's like an added part of life that I've become accustomed to. And there's certain people I could tell, even my, like working with, with public artists, who I'm like, man, they're never going to do another one because they can't handle it. Mm -hmm. And not, not saying they can't, they can handle art making. They can't handle the rigorous red tape that comes with public art. I love galleries. I love going to the museums. I, I'm so surprised to see a lack of applications in, in public art. That's where the money is. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think a lot of a lot of people kind of shy away from it because they don't. It's a whole other territory. Um, can, I, yeah. can I say something that y'all yeah, could totally use for this? Sure. Lie. 
when it comes to like when they're they're shying away from it because they're afraid of that like five to ten years experience. That's bullshit. Five to ten years experience. You know, that's that means we want to buy something else other people have. If you want to buy something new, look for that artist who's never done it and give them a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget and see what they give you. If you don't want to lie, find an artist who has the experience and apply with them, mm. and then work together on it. Now, what about like showing previous examples? Those help the experience thing, but also uh, I, Shane Albritton, who's a friend now through working with her on public art projects, she's been successful at this. They can do just amazing renderings. So mm-hmm. say, here's our idea, and here's how it would look in a space, and submit those. So you don't actually have had to have done them. I mean, of course, that's a feather in your cap. You can say, I've, I've you know, toughed out the the process of right. and successfully navigated my way through this commission. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I, I look at that, of course, whenever we're going over submissions. But um, at the same time, like for, for Shane, for example, and, and Recite, her and Norman's uh, team is, you know, they've applied and won some pretty massive, you know, projects and commissions with renderings. Just renderings of the proposal. Yeah, of of, of like say here's and a lot of times they've they've been shortlisted if they haven't won them and that that's also a feather in your cap. Say you know I've been shortlisted for this one at A and M or this one at UT or this one in El Paso, mm-hmm. and um, you know the people who are looking at that that has cachet because I could say well they've applied they're toughing it out eventually like I said, that's where I was going to get is you're going to get somebody like me who doesn't want to just pick another you know. Christian Eckhart. <laughs> or, 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 yeah, or, or another Lipsky or another Bill Fitzgibbons, you know, like right. friends of mine, but I don't want to keep going to the same well. I mean, I mean, there's people that are, I mean, how do you define yourself as a city if you look like every other city? You right. know, you got you to gotta try to give somebody a chance. I think when they gave Elaine Bradford that shot at the library, she'd never done a public art piece. She won a big commission and they got something original. I'm running around the entire state every month, every chance I get. I don't care if I'm broke. Um, I want to go see a show at the Nasher. I want to go see a show at the Blanton. And, uh, of course, hitting up as many as I can locally. So you get to, you know, those things seep into you, and you have a better pool to choose from when you're putting a show together. And that also goes to show with, I think, really good public art administrators. Yeah. Or even museum people who are, who are, if you're applying to a show as an artist, you want to hope that those people are, are not just Googling names and saying, well, what's Saatchi like? <laughs> well, who's, who's at the Guggenheim? Like, who cares? Right. I mean, like, I mean, of course, there's people that care, but I mean, like, that shouldn't dictate your decision. You're gonna be a coat coattail rider? I'm not interested in that. So, right. like, you know, and of course, that that kind of demeanor gets me a lot of like, within the airport system, or even the city, and even when I was in HA, it might rub some people the wrong way to speak that way or to say like, I, why don't we try to make the next artist instead of just get patted on the back for getting the next Jeff Koons or Sue Sunny Park. You know, everybody loves those. It's fine. But I don't care what San Diego did or what San Francisco did. I mean, I, I care about it and the fact that it's art and I'm, I'm, I want to be thoughtful and I don't want to copy, though, you know. And it's not my decision, but I just mean as a city. I don't think we should be somebody who's, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. If anything, we're going to keep up with the Joneses. We're doing a terrible job of it because, you know, Cowboy Stadium has a multi-million dollar art collection and all we have are bulls in front of NRG. That is a giant waste of opportunity. You have all these Texan fans who show up at, at, a, at a football game every other week during football season, and all they see are some bronze bulls. When you're, you know, Jerry Jones and his wife, who actually was, a, she was the more 
they want to kind of focus their attention on having an actual collection in their facility. I mean, they did an amazing job. You got Anish Kapoor, they got Trendle Hancock. We're in Houston, we have one little Trendle Hancock in public. Anyway, my, my point is, is that I think that hopefully you're gonna, as artists, we're gonna run across people like me and the administrative side who don't wanna just satisfy whoever the director or the council member is at the time. I don't, I think that that's, it's good to make your boss happy, but your boss changes, you know? And also your boss, in my opinion, when you're talking about civic money, is the people. Like you wanna make sure that people in Acres Homes are happy. You wanna make sure that people in River Oaks are happy. You also wanna make sure that people in Sugarland are happy because they come in, they're, they're the people commuting. What is it? 13,000 people live in downtown Houston. That's how many people get mail there. Wow. You know, so like most of our, I mean, our city is is been designed to be a sprawl. So to act like we're gonna to try to appease four stakeholders. Now we got four million who are driving around every day. They should see some good things. So go see some art, pay attention to the public art, especially next time you find yourself in an airport terminal. A special thank you to Tommy for letting me interview him and for tirelessly organizing exhibitions across the state. He co-organized the current exhibition referendum at Flight Gallery in San Antonio. It'll be up till July 2nd, so check it out. Next time on Not a Hobby, I venture a bit outside of Texas. Kathy Fairbanks is an LA-based artist and nurse who works in the intensive care unit. Stay tuned.